Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the podcasting community is proud to bring to you the most bizarre yet dominant tag team podcasters of the world on the greatest podcast in history, The False Finish. The host, Ace Alexander, his co-host and host, Mark the Smart Mark, and if you're not down with that, and you're not downloading that, we got two words for you. Why not? Mark, how's it going, buddy? Hey, Ace, how's it going? It's been a pretty crazy week. I got back from Special Edition down at New York. Had awesome. fun there. That was awesome. Good deal, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't... ever been down to Pier 94? You should definitely go. It's a beautiful scenery down there. Good deal. You know, I uh, I was just telling you, Mark, I, I ran into a store this past weekend, found myself a little early Father's Day gift, came across a four-pack of the Mattel Elite Four Horsemen Hall of Fame package. Uh, very uh, eventful weekend for a nerd dad like myself, you know. <laughs> yes, and a happy Father's Day to all our extant fathers out there. You Got a couple included. weeks. Got a couple weeks, but thank you very well, much, yeah, Mark. But, if, but if, if I don't remember this way, at least we can say I've actually got it out there. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, for those of us that don't know, I'm Ace Alexander. I've got my host, co-host, Mark the Smart Mark here. We're co-hosts. I'm, I'm going to stop calling us host. We're the co-hosts. We both do this. We both do an equal part. We, uh, we're here every week. We sit down. We, we do what we, what we do best, and it's talk about professional wrestling. It's something we both have a passion about. For those that haven't listened in, this is your first time in. Thank you for jumping on the call, listening in. Uh, download us on iTunes. We, uh, we get together. We have... We've talked about it. We have over 50 years of professional wrestling experience uh, between the two of us collectively. We uh, have been in the business since we were like five, roughly each, give or take, you know, as far as a fan. And, you know, fans are, what, like 98% of the business because without the fans, you're wrestling in an empty arena. Yeah, Yeah, you're wrestling in an empty arena, and that's no fun. I mean, well, I've done it. Unless unless it's McFoley and Dwayne Johnson because they actually did it and they somehow made it work. I'll give them that. Yeah, they, they did. They did, and, uh, you know, with that said, you know, you guys know how to get a hold of us. We're, you know, at Twitter, at The False Finish. We're online at thefalsefinishpodcast.com. You can shoot us an email over at thefalsefinishpodcast at gmail.com, and that's really a good way to get a hold of us. Uh, you know, we, we love to hear from you guys. Uh, we love to hear from independent pro wrestlers. We like to hear from anybody involved in the professional wrestling world, whether it be a fan, whether it be a promoter, a referee, a manager, a valet, uh, a trainee, a retired vet, seasoned vet, you know, someone who's been a part of the business, no longer part of it. You want to speak some, tell some war stories. You know, we love hearing about it. So, uh, you know, maybe we can get you on the call and talk to you about the locker room lowdown sometime. Mark. Absolutely. I'm I, I heard you got let, me just, let me take a quick thing before, I, before we go any further on there, Ace. Let me just reiterate what I've been saying for the last few weeks. If you're not supporting your local indie guys, please start because you just never know. Today's indie star could be your next world champion 5, 10, even 15 years down the line. So support your local guys now because they're going to be the guys that are going to be carrying this business on their backs for the foreseeable future. 
You know, that, that's a good point. And with that said, uh, as he was our most recent guest on the podcast, we have another guy coming from that promotion. I'm going to give a little shout-out here to our first interview. Go back and listen to episode uh, 8, I think, 8 or 9. A few weeks ago, we had Drake Evans of In Your Face Pro Wrestling uh, on the call. So, uh, guys, go out and check out In Your Face. So it's IYFW, I'm sorry, IYFWrestling.com. Support the local uh, pro wrestling in Dwaynesburg, New York. they got a school, uh, uh, from what I understand, a good trainer, some good people there, and uh, very, very good uh, good guy. I think they're in Troy, aren't they? I think, they're, I think they wrestle out of Cohoes. They train out of Cohoes, but they run their shows. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right, yeah. But yeah, give, go, go out there and check out IYFWrestling.com. Support one of the local independent wrestling organizations that has sent us a couple of guys to interview, spend some time with. And, uh, you know, I feel a little uh, connection there because they were our first podcast and they gave us a chance. We're going to give them a chance to keep throwing their name out there whenever we have a show. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Support those guys, like Mark said. Now, Mark, um, I know before we jumped into that and giving a little shout out there to In Your Face, uh, what, do you, what do you got on your plate, Mark? I, I know that there's some, some stuff coming, you know, through the pipe right now. Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. Uh, we've been, you know, me and you, we've been talking about, you know, stuff we've been, you know, fans for years. And the one thing that I know me and you have talked about, and, and we've been talking about this with our uh, our guys upstairs, and uh, me and you, we're the false finishers. That's pretty much what we call ourselves, you know, backstage here. And uh, we're, we're looking to put our names out there for anybody who's looking to, you know, have some matches called. You know, I mean, I, I don't think we, we would have anything in the way of, like, particularly steep prices or anything. Do you? No, we, we, we don't have, yeah, we don't mean, have the full prices. Pre- the prices haven't been worked out. That's all based on what the upper management contracts are. Yeah. But it's nothing major. And uh, we're just looking to help help independent wrestlers really uh, get, a, uh, get a better quality yeah. product out there. Promotions, bookers, anybody who's looking for it. You know, yeah, really, we're just looking to be the voice. I know, you've been, I, know, I know you were one of the better talkers I'd ever seen as far as, you know, back when we were training. So, thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, I'm just calling, like I said, bro. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, so for those of you who out there who are looking for, uh, you know, somebody to do uh, matches and commentary and stuff, you know, I mean, get in contact with us. We'll we'll set something up. We'll figure out prices and everything. And uh, anybody out there who's like, you know, and we're we're gonna branch out a little bit here as well. I, I know, uh, I, I know we've talked about this in the past. So anybody out there who's uh, you know, into like stuff like the abridged series, like DBZ abridged or Ranma abridged or the like. You know, I, I can't speak too much for Ace, but I do know I'm a big uh, fan of like the abridged anime series, and I'd love to work on something out there. I know you've talked about doing some machinima because you actually have done it. So, I mean, again, if you guys are looking out there for somebody to do commentary, if you guys are looking for somebody who who are willing to do voice acting, you know, look us up. We we we've got nothing on our hands but interest and time. So you, you can't really get much better than that, especially because, you know, as you can tell, we've been doing this for a while, and we must be doing something right. We've got at least 80 followers, so. Yeah, no, we're over 80. We're up to 85. Uh, yeah, we're doing good with the, the Twitter. And Everybody's you still haven't up checked the Facebook fan page to see how I, many I'm going to have to check that this week. I will get on top of that, Mark. Super, yeah, you're going to have to, dude. We got you one. You've got you to gotta be responsible to all the fans, not just our Twitter followers. I will uh, I will definitely uh, get in touch with IT and see if they can reach out to the people in charge of the uh, Facebook page and get some oh, stuff. Oh, absolutely. Uh, with that said, uh, was there anything else on the And that reminds me. Now, you got a little something that I remember you were keeping under your hat. So uh, let, let's hear this, because you, you, you've, uh, you've been chomping at the bit on this one for like the last couple of days, so, and you haven't let me in on it. So I want to hear what it is that, because um, apparently you said this was going to blow my brains out, so let's hear it. You know, 
this, uh, you know, I was sitting there one night and uh, got a message back from a, a perspective uh, interview member, an interview participant for the locker room lowdown, interviewee for the locker room lowdown, and that kind of came out of the blue, out of nowhere, I've got, we've been reaching out to a number of people, so we got, we've got interviews lining up, we are in demand, we are a uh, top podcast that people want to be a part of, Uh, we have a good fan base out there that's listening to these podcasts, downloading them off iTunes, finding us on the web, and you know, we give a uh, we we're not here to let we're not here to have people shoot and put the business down. We're going to build the business up and have a good time, talk, talk about war stories. I think that's what I quote, I said earlier. I think you know, that was the phrase you used. Yeah. So you know what we're we're talking about doing is uh, right now it's not nothing's inked in paper. But as I've been working with the brass upstairs and whatnot, we're talking about doing some work with a former. WWE slash WWF Women's Champion coming on the podcast here in a couple weeks, and uh, if everything works out to plan, we'll have that podcast, we'll have that interview up on one of the future podcasts, so make sure you're tuning in, because we'll be updating on Twitter once that's official, but uh, we also uh, you know, got an inter- a former Intercontinental Champion possibly in the works, if everything works out, you know, and uh, now, you know, the awesome, made a his- that Intercontinental Champion made history when they won the Intercontinental title, so, you know, big things popping, and we're rolling. So, uh, you know, exciting days in the world of the false finish with myself and Mark. You know, like Mark said, just to reiterate, if you guys are looking for a, a professional-sounding voice, a professional look, and you want to give your you want to give your DVD, whether it's you know your whether maybe you're signing a merch table, you're trying to get your merch table together, and you want to make a little extra revenue if you're an indie wrestler out there. You know, plenty of guys are doing that. You know, they're they're hawking shirts, they're hawking you know gimmicks, different things. If you're trying to push that DVD and you want a professional sounding voice you reach out to the false finish reach out to the false finishers myself and mark we got the color guy we got the uh, play-by-play guy we we can do this and uh, we do it really well we're gonna be getting some uh some promo work up out there just to you know give you some voiceover information so you can hear us we also can do some um, voiceover specifically for an entire dvd so if you're trying to do a best of series we can do that we can do uh and if you're trying to sell your if you're a booker and you're trying to hawk your uh your promotion and try to push your dvds for your promotion we can do the voiceover for that you know we will work with you to put together a very professional sounding audio to um, map over that video um uh, video production that you're putting together, and uh, between myself and Mark, we we have what we've been told is some solid chemistry and a really good voice uh, between the both of us, and we love doing what we do. So you're not going to yeah, miss out. Yeah, it there. reminds me, dude. One of our listeners, one of our early listeners. Now I I shot a couple of the early links over to some friends of mine online. Uh, one of my friends actually has an interest in people with lists. Don't ask me why, but apparently she caught that on you, and she actually thought you sounded good with it. Oh well, I, I'm I'm happy about that. Thank you very much. So, uh, it's a unique little it trait. A woman. Text really doesn't tell you about a gender, but <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, it's just it is what it is. But again, like Ace, you know, was just saying, and like I said earlier, if you're looking for you know announcers, you're looking for color commentary, play by play, where your guys. If you're looking for voice actors, you know. Again, we're your guys. I mean, we've got nothing on our hands but time, interest, and just a little bit of madness, which always makes for great commentary and great voice work. We may not be, say, on the level of rooster teeth, but we're not too too far off from being, you know, halfway decent at it. I mean, again, we may not be rooster teeth, we may not be team four-star, but you'll you'll get the best out of us you can get, and we'll just keep getting better. Oh, we're getting so, yeah. there, Mark. With that said, Mark, so raw. Well, hold on. 
slow down one second. I'm sorry. So you guys know how to get a hold of us. You guys know the format. If you're listening, we have the format. You know, we have multiple segments we do here. We do right after wrestling, which is right after wrestling tonight, which is right after Raw, which is our run weekly recap where we do our perspective on Raw. You know, we used to do this really in-depth, step-by-step, everything that happened. We've uh, gotten a lot of outstanding uh, feedback you guys like to hear the the key parts, our perspective on the major pieces. You don't want to hear about how you know uh, primetime walked in a locker room and picked on a guy for two seconds. You know, if that <laughs> happens to be a highlight, yes. But from the most part, you want to hear the major pieces of the show, the raw. And speaking you know, of raw that, dude. Down. Speaking of that, let's jump right into the right into our raw, which is right after wrestling. Exactly. And dude, our they raw. started off talking about highlights. Think of how they oh, – this was the first time I can remember in almost five years that we have not seen an opening on Raw that is somehow related to Triple H and Stephanie. I don't know five years. Is first. Yes. It's, it's been this a while. This is the first in like five years. I mean, honest to God, because it seems like every, every friggin' time it's been either them coming out and running their mouths or somebody coming out and running their mouths about them, which brings them out. This was awesome. You started out with Cena. You know, he was going to do the invitational, uh, the open invitational. Out comes Kevin Owens. They have a beautiful, uh, you know, back and forth. And then out comes Neville. You know, honestly, I, I, I thought I knew where they were going to go with this. They didn't go where I thought they were going to go. But I loved it, and they had a great match, Owens and Neville. And, I mean, I knew in my head that they weren't going to go where I thought they were going to go, but if they had surprised me, I would have loved it. Because, honestly, if Neville had won the NXT belt tonight, I mean, that would have just made me laugh my head off. Just because, you know, the guy rarely wins any matches in the WWE, but if he were to win the NXT belt, not only would this give him basically a lot more recognition, even if he dropped it, like, in a couple of days back to him, but this would be a this would be a major thing for him because it would be a title win on Raw, and it would have actually said, well, hey, this guy actually could be something more than just a guy who gets the occasional win. You know, I mean, I, I hate to say, it, but he's almost like he's almost like a more a, he's a more agile Barry Horowitz. I, I hate to say that because the dude is amazing. The guy is magic in the ring, but he loses so much. It's like, why are we supposed to care? I, I I I got nothing else other than, other than that. But again, great start to the show. Yeah. The rest of the show kind of vacillated. I wasn't you know, like sometimes so it was impressed high, with sometimes it. Sometimes it was low. I wasn't I wasn't impressed with it, Mark. I was very down on tonight's Raw. No, until... I'm, I'm just, like, a, like I said, the opening was great. The rest of it was. There was the one it, segment. It, it, it really wobbled. There was the it, Kane it was, segment it was though. The best. Did you what did you think about the Kane segment where all the players came in in regards to the ladder match or the Money in the Bank briefcase? That match? was probably the funniest segment I, of the night. Our truth stole the, the show. That was the only other segment I thought was hilarious. Our truth stole the segment there. Yeah, I, 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 he, I was, he came out. He starts yapping about the, the the thing, and Kane's like, "What are you talking about? You're not even in the match." Yeah, He's no, like, it was Wait, perfect. Oh, it was sorry it was, about that. My bad. And then it was perfect. Off. I, 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 la- I laughed they so were hard. Have him say, I honestly thought they were going to have him say, well, why can't I be in the match? You threw yourself in last week. 
Yeah, see, I actually thought they were gonna, he was going to play off like, because he's hinted to being afraid of heights for a number of months now with the different matches he's been in. And, and I then thought he goes, well, I got over my fear of heights at WrestleMania. Guess right. I'm going to do it money in the bank. And then Kingsley, like, you're not even in the match. I thought he was going to be like, oh, thank you. I really wasn't over it. And then take off to the back. Who am I kidding? I don't like ladders. <laughs> I don't like heights. I thought that's the way they were going to spin that one. So, uh, yeah, maybe. You know, that's not where they went with it. The other segment was a little... It was still bad. hilarious. I liked the segment. It was good. It set up what they really built around was the Money in the Bank ladder match, um, you know, with all those one-on-one matches throughout the night, which there was some right. good wrestling in them. There was nothing that I was so like, I need to watch this. I need to tune in. It was great. You know, I will say that I did find the... Uh, the I find a, a few guys that, if you had talked to me a few months ago... So, before I jump into this, let me go forward. So, then there was the end of the show with Dean Ambrose uh, costing Seth Rollins a match. He gets rolled up by one of the, uh, I think it was Joey, Joey Mercury. Mercury. Joey Mercury gets that pin um, to end and continue showing the dissension, but then Seth still looks happy because he's got his title. Fast forward about 30 seconds. <laughs> comes in, we get some dirty deeds. We get the title back in uh, Dean Ambrose's hand, and the Raw, Dean Ambrose walks out with the title. He's uh, still holding on to that belt like he's the champ. It was, uh, it was a good I've ending. I've got to admit, very... that was a decent build-up. I only have one problem with, with what they're doing going into Money in the Bank, and that's the fact that just for, like, Elimination Chamber, they've only had, like, what, a week, two to build this thing up? The, yeah, Elim- Elimination Chamber really threw a, a curveball and everything because Elimination Chamber was never supposed to be a pay-per-view. It was originally two separate house shows, like I was telling you last week. You had the Raw, you had the yep, Cena you brand. that. Orton brand, which I just read is now it's kind of the Cena brand, and then you have the Rollins-Ambrose brand uh, and Reigns kind of like running on its own show, so you kind of have the Shield show, and then you have the Cena show and they merged them, canceled one show, which then got rescheduled Excuse me. Got rescheduled to be a raw down the down the line, so those fans didn't miss out, and that you know the elimination chamber pay per view got put in. Uh, and this is why I keep saying Fort they've got to just drop it down to the big four again. Maybe throw in something like the chamber or King of the Ring, make it four pay per views, maybe five, and then literally let them build storylines. I mean, I, I swear to God, for as much as people think this would be a bad thing, because apparently they think that wrestling fans these days don't have the attention span to really get into a story. Dude, that was half of what made Vince's promotion work for the majority of the time that he's had that company and the majority of the time he's been doing pay-per-view as he has given them time to build stories, to build character, to give us depth to these characters. There was a time when even the lowliest jobber, in the company, had a backstory if he was a regular character. And even if he didn't win that many matches, you still cared about him because there was still something of a character there. I mean, granted, these days, you have almost no jobbers, but at the same time, the guy who was lowest on the card barely has a personality. I mean, I hate to say it, but one of the other, the other problems I had with Neville for the longest time was he didn't have a personality. He had a lot of great agility. He was magic in the ring. He had all the personality of a garbanzo bean. <laughs> Quite literally. Quite literally. Now, with that, now, Mark, now I'm starting to get interested in him. Because like, okay, what really drives this guy? What makes him want to be a wrestler? Why does he do half the crazy stuff he does? Because, I mean, we, we've talked about high flyers in the past. I mean, look at Evan Bourne. Look at Kofi. And then you got guys, and then you got Neville. Look at Jeff and Matt Hardy. They were crazy. They were all batshit insane when they got in the air. 
But what makes somebody like him want to be a wrestler? And I'm, I'm enjoying them starting to build this guy. The fact that he actually said to Cena, hey, I want to be the U.S. champion at some point, but right now as a former NXT champion, I'm looking at this piece of garbage you know, right across from me, and I don't think he deserves the belt, so I want to challenge for that title and try to bring some, some prestige back to it. That's good. That's developing the guy as a character. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I will. I will. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but from what I've read, his elimination chamber was pretty lucrative to the WWE. Uh, you know, being the network and everything, and the fact that it makes it a little bit easier on the writer because they only have to plan out two weeks of things. They don't have to plan out a bunch of filler matches. It makes things a little easier on the writing team because they can focus on every two weeks shooting a pay-per-view. And now with the WWE no longer having to kick, you know, revenue over to the pay-per-view networks, um, the pay-per-views, you know, subscribe, you know, uh, like with the are, they actually gonna, are you saying that they're actually going to start doing pay-per-views every two weeks? They haven't announced it, and I'm only basing it off of some things I've read, that it could be something you see more frequently, the oh, way they God. throw an extra one in, because it's, it's it costs them almost as much to run the WWE Network as it does just to run a house show. I mean, they're setting up all the equipment to record stuff anyways, that, you know, with the exception of a few extra pyros and a few extra things, this, you know, But this is what's going to damage them in the long run, because this, this is what screwed up WCW in part, was they were literally, I mean, look at Bischoff, he even said, you know, he, he started this garbage and the WWE followed him. And, and the problem was, in the long run, yeah, it, it helped wipe out WCW, but it's starting to really bog down and water down the WWE product as well because you don't have enough time to build characters, to build matches, and really build the rivalries that really will make people stand up and take notice. Sure, you'll get some decent rivalries now and then, but when was the last time you really saw a good rivalry past 2004? I mean, honestly, the oh. last really great one I think I saw was Eddie and Batista, and that's because that one they built, and they, and they kept them apart for a good while, but they had them sniping at each other. Of course, as we know, Eddie passed away not too long after that. But, you know, I mean, the whole thing is that was what they, they used to do. They would build this stuff up. I mean, you look at some of the earlier stuff back when they were still only doing, like, maybe – you know, six or seven pay-per-views a year. It was still horrible that they had that much pay-per-views well, because you didn't have enough time to build them, but you still had character development. You still had Cena, story development. Cena and Punk had some decent feuds. Um, but Cena that's and one Edge of the rare exceptions. That's one of the rare exceptions because Cena and Punk, these guys lived and breathed the business to the point where that was really all they did while they were on the road. But the problem is they were already established to begin with, whereas I, you look I, at guys I, like Neville, you look at guys like Neville, you look at Kevin Owens, they're coming into the WWE, and unless you know them from NXT, unless you have the network, and not everybody has the network, they're not going to know who these guys are, they're not going to yep. know what drives them, and I don't even know how much continuity there is going to be between NXT and WWE. Kevin Owens is one of the few guys that they're, they're bringing straight in from NXT. These other guys are saying, you know, these guys wrestled in NXT, but that doesn't tell us if they're the same people. You know? I mean, you look at uh, Okada, or whatever the hell his name is, the guy who's coming over as, uh, as Itami, in uh, Hideo Itami, over uh -huh. at NXT. I mean, I don't know anything about what that guy's character is in NXT, and I, I only vaguely am aware of what he was like in, New, in All Japan, or New Japan, or whatever it was, 
And then when he comes to WWE, how do we even know he's actually still going to be under the name Hideo Itami? How do we even know well, he's going to be the same character? Well, the history has been that with the guys that get successful in NXT, they roll over and carry the same name and very similar gimmick over to the WWE. Like, there, to have the been WWE brand. There, there have been exceptions. Rusev is a big one. He was Alexander Rusev in there, but he is the same guy. He had the same gimmick for the most part. Actually, he had, a, he had a different name originally. Because if you look at uh, WWE, I think it's 2K15. See, the 2K15 or 2K14, it was right before he came into the company, they started doing the, uh, the, the new game that came yep. out with that weird new uh, wrestling system. Uh-huh. He's in there under his old name, and it's not uh, Alexander Rusev. It was something else. Really? But it was definitively Rusev. Yeah. Look it up on uh, on YouTube. Uh, I'll have to look into that. I wonder if they create. I wonder if it was a creator wrestler or something. Because no, 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 no. Everything I everything I've read him. up. Everything I've read up is that he was wrestling under the name in WWE. He signed in 2010. He's been known where he had you know from the moment he signed up, they knew him as Alexander Rusev. I don't know, maybe, I, I, all I know is, if you look this thing, I'll, I'll see if I can find it, because it's definitely Rusev's character model, but they did not list him under the name Rusev, if, if memory serves. Okay. It yeah, may everything. have been that, that when, they, when they started doing this particular one, because it was, it was right before he got called up from NXT. Okay. So, that they started, I think, working, because he, he, it would have been like, I, I think they would have made like 2K14 or 2K15, one of the two. It's where they started with that weird new control system. They tried to make it more like a simulation game rather than a fighter. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I'll see if I can find it. I don't recall him being listed under the name Rusev in that. You know, and and it starts out with your character in your create a wrestler thing where you create a character. You start out at the NXT uh, training facility. That was 2015. And they have you taking on a couple of guys from NXT, one of which is Rusev. But he's under a different name. Oh, see, I that's 2015, and I actually have that, and it is he goes by the name Rusev in that in that one. Then all right, then I don't know I don't know why I've got a I've got it might have been a demo or something that might have been out like prior to have been released. Could be, and maybe they didn't have anything figured out. But you know, know. the the thing is, history so far has shown that they keep their NXT name with it being possibly slightly modified. In the case of uh, you know Big E Langston, he used to be Big E Langston in NXT. He's Big E on, and now he's just Big E. But that was he came up as first came in, yeah. Right, he came in LinkedIn. Cesario was Antonio Cesaro in NXT. Came up as Antonio Cesaro, but then dropped off the Antonio. They uh, Rusev did the same thing. Now he's just Rusev. Right, yeah. exactly. So I mean, but and then you have the Ascension. You have Connor and uh, Victor. Victor, and I think they had last names at one point or something, but then they've shortened them to Connor and Victor or whatever it is. But I mean, for the most part, the guys, even Adrian Neville, he went by Adrian Neville. He just goes by Neville. They do slightly. Well, they did officially bring him in at first as Adrian Neville. Which okay. Is random. Okay. And, and, but yeah, you know, yeah, if you look they do at little these, modifications. Uh, promos from when he was first coming in. They they actually called him Adrian Neville. Now they just call him okay. Neville. Okay. But yeah, so that that's just you know that's something they do. But one of the things that we'll say, you know to kind of close up Raw before we give our rating, one of the things I am thoroughly impressed with is that if you had talked to me six months ago, there's a number of guys that are in this paper, this event coming up on Monday, or on Sunday night, uh, which include the Intercontinental Champion, uh, Ryback, you have 
the uh, the future Roman Reigns, whatever you want to call him. You know, those two guys are two guys that I was never a fan of. They mm-hmm. were guys that I would crap on pretty hard. And you know, outside of the John Cena hate, we did enough talking about John Cena last week, so I don't think we talk about him at all tonight. <laughs> you know, but uh, mm-hmm. the other two guys that I'm naming, I'm actually a pretty big proponents of theirs right now due to the fact that they're building them up in a way in a manner that I can uh, I can enjoy and I just want to throw this out there to anybody who's a fan of some 80s early 90s pro wrestling uh, the WWF specifically but um John Cena you could kind of translate him to being the modern day Hulk Hogan right yeah, I guess Cena would probably be like the modern day Hogan, yeah. Right. And then I'm looking at Roos I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Ryback there and I'm looking at him with his funky colored singlet and it's kind of crazy, offbeat, little whack, wacky ra- rage and stuff. And I almost see him like the, the ultimate warrior. You know, like the modern-day ultimate warrior to some degree. And I'm kind of getting behind him because I'm thinking that would be, you know, if they build him up anymore and they kind of build him up a little bit more, I could see a nice Cena-Ryback face-versus-face match where, you know, it doesn't have to be Cena going over, it doesn't have to be Ryback going over, some some solid old-school Hogan-Warrior-type match, if built properly. They just kind of represent the 2015 version of those guys to me, and I'm kind of getting behind uh, behind Ryback right now. I'm really liking what they're doing Roman Reigns for the WWE to have crappy delivery and all that stuff with his sovereign succotash. Uh, gonna catch you, Roadrunner crap that he was pulling leading into the Rumble and you know uh, WrestleMania. Roadrunner crap. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the I'm talking about the Roman Reigns promos when he was cutting the really horrible Jack oh, and the Beanstalk. Oh yeah, yeah, that was weird. Promos. Like they that had some really weird. bad promos back then with him, and I've actually enjoyed and found his promos to be at least slightly entertaining compared to what they used to be. So uh, mm. I've been pretty pleased with it, and I'm definitely behind those guys. If I was to if I was to keep like a uh, a top ten guys right now, where like you know, in, in like where their momentum is, guys going up, guys going down, and just keeping a constant track of who I had ranked where, I would definitely say uh, Roman Reigns and Ryback would be climbing that that list on their you know who's hot, who's not list right now in the WWE. They'd be climbing the who's hot side because they're definitely doing stuff, at least in my eyes, pretty good with those guys. So with that said, Mark, we got to give our ratings for this week's RAW. You well, it wasn't the strongest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't horrific, but it wasn't good. Like I said, I, I, th- I think there was maybe two highlights for the night altogether, and, you know, one of them was just plain awesome, and the other one was just plain hilarious. So yep. um, I- I'm going to give this thing a C-, minus, just because, again, I mean, it only really had two segments worth really, you know, enjoying, and the other was just kind of, you know, vacillated between mediocre to fair to Midland. I'm right there with you, Mark. I actually had given it a C minus myself on my notes uh, prior to you making your announcement. So we're giving this a false finish C minus. And uh, just to give everybody an update, you know, we've been keeping track of our raw ratings going back to May 18th. Uh, you know, a few mo- about a month ago almost. And uh, this is the lowest rating we've given a raw yet. You know, with a couple B's in there, we had a B plus, C plus, B, and then now this is you know dropped pretty low down to a C minus from last week. So you know, yeah. last week I think was benefiting of the co- the fall out from Elimination Chamber, and now, you know, you have what's supposed to be the lead-in to Money in the Bank, and I'm hoping that this is not a sign of things to come, but this is the fact that the WWE is just being burnt out because of the build-up for the pay-per-views having to be so rapid, and uh, I'm really this hoping that's the reason. This is, again, like you're saying, you got to yep. drop it back to the big four. You know, six, I think, is the absolute match you could do, but you have to space them out. You really I- do. 
I agree with you, Mark. And uh, with that, with that said, uh, you know, well, continuing on that, you know, Raw was what it was. It was a C minus, nothing spectacular, nothing so horrible that it made me want to vomit, but nothing that you know really kept me wanting to sit in my seat and watch it. Right. With that, we're gonna move into our pay per view picks. Our pay per view yep. pick 'em. So with that, Mark, uh, you know, how do you want to do this this week? Do you want me to pick? You want to pick? You how do you want me to go first since I'm still behind? Well, first right? things first. Let me let me get up the. Uh... I have them all in front of me, so I can give them to you. Yeah, well, I, I want to be able to have them in front of me okay. as well, so give Worst me a second here. But, yep. yeah, I mean, one of the things I do know is that this is, I think, basically going to be one of the weaker shows altogether in terms eh. of, like... I don't, I don't know that I agree with that, and I don't mean to cut you off there, Mark, but I really think that with the uh, with the Money in the Bank, they're going to benefit from the gimmick pay-per-view that it is with the Money in the Bank ladder match, with the additional ladder match. I think those two ladder matches in and of itself are going to give a ton of... Uh, a oh, draw. this is interesting. I just got I, I to gotta look at this. Apparently, they just, they just threw up a match that... Uh, apparently, it's going to be pre-show, and they didn't even mention this. Is that Barrett and... Uh, our oh, truth, yeah. That was yeah. that was that was announced. That was announced what on Raw tonight. I did not hear it. So you probably you probably missed it. It was only it was like right after a commercial as they were promoting the show. Yeah, that would explain it. Yeah. All right. Yep. So uh, now you basically got more or less the win last week. Yep. So I'm trying to remember how, how did we do this last time? Because I think last time we did it, uh, loser of the last show went second. Um, I believe it's basically whoever's behind goes first. And since I'm still technically behind, uh, I yeah. should, be, All right, then you go I should first. be picking first. But hold on, I'm going to add a couple. I'm going to add. I'm going to add two extra questions in here for the ladder oh, match. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Oh, for the ladder match. Okay. Yep. Um, you're going to have to you're going to have to take my uh, word on this one. But uh, I'm going to. There's going to be a question for the Seth Rollins Ambrose match. Who touches the title the most? <laughs> you can't do that because I don't freaking count them. I do though, and I promise you because if I I always do a little show with my son, you know, even if I don't have anybody else here, my son and I will watch the show together, and uh, when we sit and watch it, we will uh, I'll be that'll be one of the questions me and him do against each other. So I'll be keeping track hey, of it as the subject, the show goes man. on. On the subject, uh, you know, you live down the road from me. Any chance you could come pick me up and, and I'll come watch the show with you? Um, I will let you know. I don't know what's going on this weekend, but uh, we'll talk off the right. line about that. All right. Who touches the title the most is going to be one of them. And then for the other one, it's going to be who touches last before briefcases claimed. All right, and I got one for you. How okay. many times does the authority get involved? In which match? The world title. Now, you define, know they're going to get involved. Define how many times. Like, define what getting involved is. All right, trying to actually, how, how many times do they try to, either, how many, for example, you know J&J Security, yep. for as much as, as they basically are probably going to be crowing tonight, I mean, I know for a fact Rollins is going to be, you know, telling them, you know, you, you do your jobs, do what I pay you for, you know, I may feel sorry for you, but I'm still paying you money, you make sure that I walk out with the belt, you know, how many times do they get involved trying to help? How many times does Kane get involved trying to just basically so, stow chaos? So let's you know, go how with, many times does Triple H get involved? So let's not go break it. Let's go authority as a whole, like you said. Right, and that's why I said, you know. Let's do it this way. It's based on physical 
encounter. So I'll keep track of how many times someone from they the authority with anybody. Yeah. physically no physically touches Dean Ambrose. We'll just keep it specific to the point. It'll be a question okay, I, yeah. I've done, so yeah, I'll but, keep well, it. Well, the reason I was saying, well, let's split that a little bit. Let, let's see how many, how many times do they touch anybody in the match? Because, again, we know Kane's kind of so got like a many, mini feud going on in there, and but, but at the same time, he's also part of the authority. So that's why I say how many times does the authority get involved physically okay. with either one of them? Okay, it works for me. So what we have is we'll start from the top. We'll go John Cena, Kevin Owens, and I'm going to start it. I'm well, gonna I thought pick... we were going to start with the, the pre-match. Oh, okay. We can start with the pre-match. That's fine. I was looking at the way my sheet was written. So pre-match, Barrett versus Truth. I'm going to go with Barrett. Pretty simple. He uh, seems to have the most uh, value, and he really needs it, being a king of the ring and not really even being on the show. So <laughs> I don't yeah, know if this well. is going to get later announced to be a money-in-the-bank participant-like uh, qualifying match. It would so, make sense. I mean, they've got like seven guys in there they could throw in an eight. Yeah, so I'm I'm interested to see what they do. Where are you going with this one, Mark? You know, honestly, as much as I'd love to see Truth win this, just because yeah. if they do do that, it would be hilarious. Oh, without because a doubt. it would feed into what they did. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say I'm going to say Barrett simply because the, uh, Truth has, has so rarely shown up. It's like, do we really even know Agreed. what he's doing? I, mean, I haven't seen anything out of him since WrestleMania. I agree with you. Um, next, we have Nikki Bella and Paige. We'll just pick this real quick. I want to say Paige because I think they need to move the title off of Nikki, but I don't know. And I mean, I don't know. I'm going to go Paige. My heart says Paige. I'm right there again, right there with you. However, I'm going to I'm going to put a stipulation on this one. I'm going to call that whether or not Paige wins. The Bellas are going to try to do the twin magic bit. Okay. So that basically means if if if, if we both get it right on page, that's fine. But if they try twin magic, I get a point for that. Well, what do I get a point for? Well, you you come up with a stipulation. I'll come up with a stipulation in another match. Yeah. All right. There you go. Okay. So that's fine. So I'm gonna write Mark stipulation. Right. We know what it is. It's recorded live right. here on the podcast. With the oh, next yeah. match, we have Mr. Ryback versus The Big Show, Intercontinental Championship match. I'm going to roll with Ryback because he just won the title two weeks ago, and it would be the dumbest thing ever to give The Big Show the title. Right, and again, I'm right there with you for much the same reason. I mean, they just gave him the belt. They can't. You know, they, they, they can't take it off of him that fast. I mean, and then let's be honest, again, Big Show hasn't really done anything since, when was the last time he actually got a major win? Exactly. Yeah, I, really, there I, you go. So, moving on, we have the New Day versus the Prime Time players. The New Day is Biggie and Xavier Woods because uh, Kofi's yep. in a ladder match. Yep. So, uh, it's New Day, Prime Time players. I'm going to go with the New Day because the New Day rocks. And we hear... No, dude, the uh, New Day sucks. We here at the False Finish Podcast in the podcasting capital of the world are New Day supporters. Speak for always... yourself, buddy. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold Speak on. Speak for yourself. Mark, we're all we're all we're all New Day supporters. You know why? Because if today's a bad day, there's always tomorrow. Yeah, but tomorrow is tomorrow. Tomorrow's not a tag team. Whatever. It's a new day. Who are you going with, Mark? I'm going with the primetime players just because they not only have been building the, I've, first off they've been building it up and let's be honest, dude, we all know the new day sucks. 
I disagree. Completely. Survey says another one. Surprise, Ah. <laughs> With that, we have the Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose ladder match with also the stipulation situation. Well, that's the world well. title, yeah. So, you so would think uh, we would probably catch that last, but well, it's in order. I'm just moving up the sheet so I can fill it out. Right. Uh, Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose. I'm gonna roll with Ambrose winning, and I'm gonna yeah, have a stipulation at, point, at the end of this. Have to. Pick your you pick have your to poison. The fans, the fans would crucify them if they if they didn't give it to him at this point. So Ambrose. Ambrose, yeah. Okay. With and and that again, said, this is where I put in that stipulation about the authority getting involved. That, yep, you know. Right. Well, I'm going to do that next, but I'm giving the ace stipulation for this. Okay. Which is going to get me a point. Since you pulled the stipulation, I'm pulling a stipulation. We won't do any more stipulations. With that said, my stipulation is based off the next match we're going to announce, which is the Seth, you know, the money in the bank. I believe, with all honesty, what's going to happen is Dean Ambrose is going to actually win the title. But our our newfound friend Roman Reigns, the authority's original first pick for the future, by your cashes, cashes his money in the bank in, and every member of the Shield is officially a WWE World Heavyweight Champion. So I believe, and I'm going to get a point if Roman Reigns cashes his title, cashes his bank in on Sunday against Ambrose. Let me pick it back off that. If Roman Reigns cashes it in but loses, I get a point. Whatever. Whatever, Mark. You can have it. That ain't going to happen. I ain't worried. <laughs> Dude, why not? They've done it before. I, I just don't see that happening. They'd be crazy. They've done with it before, that. dude. They did it before, with, they did it before with Cena, and he was the golden boy. With that, that said, was the, That was really the beginning of where his career started to wind down. How many times does the authority get involved? The authority. Right. An official right, member and that of the was 40, my stipulation for the actual includes, world title That includes match. Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, J&J Security, and... Kane. Kane. No one else. As far as we know, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, well, Big Show could theoretically count as well because... I'll, he is I'll count the Big Show. Funding. I'll count the Big Show, though he hasn't made any appearances aligning himself with the authority. But no, anybody other than that that hits and gets involved is not officially a part of the authority as we speak tonight. So, so it doesn't we're, count, yeah. We're only going to count those guys that have been named. What do you, what do you think? I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go three times. I'm going to say it's going to be at least five. Okay, so go five. Yep. Or how, how about this? How about this? Since you're going at least five, why don't we have you take five and over, and I'll take four, I'll take five and under. We both get a point if it hits on five. And That'll if it's work. over, you get it. If it's under, I get it. That works. So you're five and greater, and I'm five and under. Five and lesser. Yep. Okay, with that said... And that said, brings us, of course, to the actual Money in the Bank ladder match. We got Neville, Dolph Ziggler, Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston, Sheamus, Kane, and Roman Reigns. Now, this... Oh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. We also have the other specialty one, and we're going to do an over-under on the uh, who touches the, or actually just pick the who touches the title the most. Oh, right, uh, yeah. Ambrose or Rollins, I'm going to say Rollins touches it the most. You know, honestly, given that Ambrose is the face right now, I'm almost going to say it's going to be him okay. simply because the way they're doing it right now, it's just like his whole thing is about keeping the belt away from Rollins, and the best way to do that is just keep going after it as many times as you can. 
Yeah, and just to be clear, it's from the moment the title is hung above the ring. So if for some reason, which I know they normally don't do, but if for some reason one of the guys carries the belt to the ring, that doesn't count as a touch. It's once it's hung above the ring right. and the match starts is when the counting of the touches count. So I'll keep track of that. I'll be fair. I promise I won't cheat. Um, I have Rollins, you have Ambrose, and then we have the Money in the Bank match. And this right, we're going to pick a winner we, and a runner-up. Right, and then and don't forget... And we're going to make this one thing real clear here right now, folks. If Roman, I'm going to say right now we should eliminate uh, Roman Reigns as a possibility for us here because we've already said if he wins, whether or not if he cash, if he wins, he might cash it in tonight, and whether or not he succeeds on that. So let's eliminate him as a possibility from winner and runner-up because he could actually end up winning. And either way, we've got something called on that. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Well, think about it this way, because we've already said if he wins, you're picking he's going to win and cash in successfully. I'm saying if he wins and cashes in, he's going to lose. So we're already saying there's a possibility he could win, but we shouldn't let him be one of the picks then. We should make it the original. We should make it just the six. Okay. Because he's already got something on him. Okay. So, and remember, with a runner-up, you get full point for first selection, half point for second. So... With that said, I'm picking Sheamus as my winner and Dolph Ziggler as my runner-up, based on who's in there. All right. Now, that's an interesting pick here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise, I think, a couple of people. I'm picking Neville as the winner and <laughs> Kane as the runner-up. Okay, I Kendall, actually like I, the Kane. I, I, know, I, know you're gonna, I know you're laughing, and, and considering I like Kane. how much I rag on the guy, you know, you'd, you'd be surprised, I think, that I'm picking him, but... Dude, it would be the perfect out-of-nowhere-what-the-hell win yeah. for a guy who really needs it in Neville. But then, you know, Kane, I think they might actually do something with it because if he ends up winning, you know the first thing he's going to do is, regardless of who wins, he may, he may cash in and just beat the crap out of whoever wins. Okay, I like that. Now that moves us into the final match we can pick tonight. John Cena, Kevin Owens. I'm going to pick the one who needs it most, the guy who stands up for what's right, the guy who never gives up, the guy who is the current, the past, and the future of the WWE, Kevin Owens. You see, dude, that's a pretty interesting swerve there with a build there, but you're wrong about the past and the present. He was he the past. the future, but he's not the past and the present. Oh, he was the past. He is the present. When's, Owens, when's John Cena beat him? Wait, wait, wait. How is he the past? Well, he's, he's wrestled all over the world. He made a name for himself outside of so the WWE. Is, so what, dude? That doesn't make him the past of the WWE. He was never in the WWE at that point. Whatever. I'm going with it. Stick it to it. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It works for Anyway, crazy. at this point, you want to talk about a guy who needs it at this point. It's got, for me, it's got to be Cena. And <laughs> again, now, and again I, I, I bitched about this when they came out of Elimination Chamber, and I told you why I was going to be upset with it. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, right now, with the fact that they basically undermined their one of the two belts that basically is their number two title, you know, again, they should have given it a schmoz, given it like a DQ win or something. Instead, they had Owens go over. They basically made the U.S. belt look weak. And if this feud is actually going to have any real meaning to it at all, Cena needs to win at least one match. If the, even if it ends up being a best of three, 
Cena has to win at least one of these. And I think if they're going to put Owens over, which I think they might be doing, they've got to at least give him this win if it ends up being a best of three because he's got to win the middle match in order for there to be a rubber match. They cannot allow Owens to just go over him straight out because then it's like, dude, okay, the guy's the U.S. champion. You've just pissed away all the credibility the U.S. championship had by letting Owens beat Cena without it even being for the belt after he stomped on the face of the flag, which is on the belt twice. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, so we, we already know Cena's on his way out, but at least let him have a couple more decent wins. All right, right. Beating Owens at least once is going to be enough to make for a decent feud on this. He's got to win this one because otherwise I'm not going to give a damn about what they're going to do after that. Because it's like, okay, if he, if he gets beat uh, straight out twice, I don't care. At that point, they have lost all credibility with trying to make John Cena be anything in a match with, with Kevin Owens. And I don't care whether or not they're trying to build Owens or not, they don't want Cena looking weak while they can still get use out of him, and they can still get a lot of a mileage out of the guy. He's in his mid-30s. He's still got at least another five, ten years to go, and they're going to want to milk everything they can get out of him. He's got to get the win on this. Okay. I'll give you that. I'm not going to disagree with you there. With that said, Mark, that brings us to a close of the Raw Rundown, the pay-per-view pick'em, and it shoots us right over to uh, one of our segments, which uh, is most famously known as... The Mark Effect. Yes, we know. Well, today I figured I'd talk about something that a lot of people wouldn't really think about. And here's a question for you. Now, Ace, you and I, we, we both were in the business for a while. Let me ask you this. When you were thinking about a theme music, did oh. you think about something that was just going to sound cool? Or did you think about something that was going to play into what you were doing as a gimmick? Um, in every case over the course of my career, I picked music that I thought at the time sounded cool, but specifically played into my character at the time, with the exception of my very first gimmick and the very first music. It was more so just, I like this song, I think it sounds cool, but other than that, I mean, I used songs from Drowning Pool where they, you know, I was playing a gimmick of being the, the super heel super heels, super sex appeal, you couldn't touch me, I was better than you, and, you know, my stable name was The Perfection at the time, right. and with, with that, you know, we came out to uh, Drowning Pool, I don't care about anyone or anything but me, then, uh, you know, in the past, I've come out to, with my old blast gimmick, it was kind of a flamboyant, flashy gimmick, it wasn't necessarily about being cocky, I mean, it did was cocky, but the song was just supposed to sound poppy and boy groupish, and that's what I came out right. to. But that's what fit into my, my gimmick and the way I wanted to portray that character. So, right. Yeah, it, it well, was a combination I, of what sounded ask, cool. The reason I ask is because I decided I was going to do a personal, I was going to take a page out of your playbook. And I'm going to give you a top five today. Oh, nice. I'm going to give you the top five theme songs that I thought were either perfect for their personality or just sounded badass enough to fit. So, okay, I'm going to start you out with number five, Maven. Now, I know a lot of people are going, wait, what? You're starting with Maven? Well, yeah, I'm starting with Maven. But think about the music he first came out to, Around the Stars, was a beautiful song. He only really got a chance to use it a couple of times, but it was very, it was very, very hardcore beat 
you know, very, I think it was metal. I'm, I'm not sure what the style was, metal or rock, but very good uh, beat to it. I really think if he had been around longer and they had, you know, kept using the music, it would have been a lot better. But it had a lot of great, you know, rhythm to it. Number four, Evolution. Oh, yeah. Enough by Motorhead. I like it. And this one actually fit because think about who was in Evolution. You had Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton. Now, these guys were basically WWE's answer to the Four Horsemen. The fact that Flair was actually in the group actually added to it. And one could say it was a literal, quote-unquote, evolution of what the Horsemen originally were. And I thought it really played into that because they went with the idea you had the legend in Ric Flair, who was at the time acting as both teammate and mentor to the other three guys, helping them to, quote-unquote, evolve as wrestlers. And again, it had a driving beat. It really made you realize these guys are coming out, they are the future of the business, and they're going to beat the crap out of you. Number three, I know, I know a lot of people are going to laugh at me for this one, Slow Chemical for Kane. Now, I personally, I loved his original two, the, the first two versions of his theme music, but Slow Chemical, when they, when they brought him out with the new mask, which had like the, it almost looked like it had like the staples or the stitches or whatever it was on the mask. Remember, he was still supposed to be this semi-crazed monster back then, and then uh, obviously when he took off the mask, it got even crazier. The idea, if I remember the lyrics of the song basically was, this was the idea that Kane was kind of going even crazier in his head than he already was, and, and I like the idea of the, of the lyrics of the song basically depicting somebody going crazy from the chemicals in their head. It worked beautifully. Number two, Voices. Oh, I York. love it. I could have put that number one, one. Sorry, sorry. It, believe me, it almost made number one. That mark it just... Made, it, almost made, it almost made number one. I'll tell you why it didn't when I get to number one. Can I but say something, Voices? Huh? Can I give a little perspective on this one, if you don't mind? Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up why I, did, why awesome. I gave it the number two spot afterwards. I have to say, this has got to be by far one of my favorite entrance musics because of the type of music it is and the fact that... I think it's Alter Bridge that sings this song, right? Um, I'm not... I, I've heard... Oh, actually, no, it's not Alter Bridge. Rev it's a different Theory band. is the one that I've heard this one. Yes, it's Rev, you're, you're 100% right. It's Rev Theory. But they did this song, and it is one of the few songs besides Edge's theme music that I used to love that I could go to the gym, put it on my MP3 player, and get pumped up as shit. Like, it was like, it just, it could get me going, man. I could run miles, and, like, I could ride my bike for hours on this this music. Like, just that song repeating over and over and over again. I'm but not I, surprised. I, I apologize. I don't mean to hijack the thread here. You hey, go no problem. Dude, no problem, no problem. Like I said, anytime you got something to add on the Mark Effect, I've always got my, my ears open for you. Now, the reason I had, had, uh, had picked this was... When he first started using this music, think about what was going on at the time. Was this a crazy period? This was period? when he first introduced the punt. Yep. And they went with the idea that he was claiming to have a mental condition that caused him to have, you know, sudden snaps of temper. 
And it really went with the idea that, that he was slowly going crazy. And it worked because it's like you've got this third-generation wrestler who's claiming to have a psychological condition, and this music really just makes you go, okay, dude, the dude's ever so slowly sliding into madness, but at the same time, you want to see him beat the crap out of people because of it. Because think about how popular that punk got, and even today, you hear those beats. I hear voices in my head. The minute that hits, the crowd goes nuts, whether or not they like or hate Orton, because they'll yeah. boo them if, 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 if they're booing them later on. But the minute that music hits, everybody loves that music because, A, you know, it, it just sounds badass, but at the same time, it also fit the character of Orton. And it fits him even, as, even more now because now he, he's kind of he's a tweener. He, he's not really a face. He's not really a heel. He just kind of goes wherever the hell the voices tell him to go. Yep. And it works. It's so, a perfect song for him. Yeah. So that brings me to number one. And people are going to laugh. I don't give a damn. But number one is actually split between two guys. The first is also Sprock. I can't even pronounce the, uh, the, the actual name of the song. Ric Flair's theme. Okay. And Real American for Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell to you it. why. I'm going to tell you why. Now, Flair's theme, now this is the theme that everybody knows from 2001 A Space Odyssey. And I can't pronounce the friggin' name for the life of me. I know what it is. I can spell it. I just can't pronounce it without tying my tongue in a knot. But this music has been around since the friggin' 80s with Flair. This, this has been with him pretty much throughout his entire career with the exception of his initial two-year run in the WWF because they couldn't get the rights. I guess they were tied up over at, uh, at Time Warner. I don't know. So they came up with a knockoff of it. And it actually wasn't bad as a knockoff goes. But it really did fit Flair because he always tried to call himself, you know, the. I think initially it was something he was calling himself um, very, very early on, the, uh, the Millennium Man or the Centennial Man or something like that. Because when he first came out, he was saying, you know, that I, I, like diamonds are forever, so is Ric Flair, I'm the Millennial Man or something like that. This was like back in the 80s. And that really did fit, especially because when you consider the, 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 the song is from 2001, A Space Odyssey, and then uh, along comes 2001, and Flair's actually in the goddamn WWF. So... So that was always something that basically gave you that sense of grandeur and at the same time a beat that made you, that was not only instantly recognizable, but that really fit the character because he was supposed to be that big, slick, you know, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheel and dealing, son of a gun. And that music actually made it, made you think of him almost immediately. Real American is an interesting case because the song was not originally intended for Hogan. A lot of people don't know this. That song, it is by Rick Derringer. It was written by Jimmy Hart. But get this, it was actually originally dedicated, if you've ever gotten the old 1985 wrestling album, whether on an audio cassette or, or a CD. Let me guess, was, Mark. Was it Jim Duggan? No. Oh, believe it or not, it was dedicated 
to Mike Rotondo and Barry Lyndon when they were the U.S. Express in the early 80s. Now, they were coming out for the longest time to Springsteen's Born in the USA. This song was written for them and dedicated to them. Um, They literally broke up and left the WWF right around the same time this thing was being written. and, And I think by the time it was announced... And, and put out on the album, they were gone. But they had Hulk Hogan, who was this big super patriot character anyway, and you had that pounding beat, the driving bass, and that loud guitar, all of which really did fit Hogan, who was himself you know, uh, in a band originally, but he really had the build and the personality that worked with this. At the time, he was using... Um, he was originally using Eye of the Tiger, and then licensing things got in the way there, and then you had Hulk Hogan having two different themes. I forget who they were by, one of which ended up becoming uh, you know, utilized for uh, the Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling cartoon as the opening theme, and it was actually the old Hulk Hogan theme. And then he got Real American. And this was basically a case of the right guy, the right music, and the right time, because this basically, again, the minute you hear those, those, those beats, you immediately think Hogan. You immediately think Hogan. And honestly, if, if it hadn't been for the fact that Vince had the trademark or something on that song, he would have brought it to WCW. As it is, that's why they ended up doing American Made, and that was actually something that was written by, I think it was, again, written by Jimmy Hart, it was part of the uh, Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band uh, CD release, but it was basically meant to be a, a, a counterpart for WCW as an answer to Real American. But yeah, so there, so again, those are my uh, those are my top five, and I, you know, I, I, I know I know I'm kind of stepping on your toes there doing a top five there is, so don't don't beat me up. No, you're good, Mark. You're good. I didn't have so, one. I'm gonna postpone mine until next week. Uh, so yeah, so that that was my top five, and again, you know, uh, I can't think of what they are off the top of my head now because I just rattled them off. But um, but yeah, no, that that was good. I, I'm sure a lot of us agree. I, I agree with a number of those songs. I uh, I truly enjoy a lot of those songs. But uh, yeah, I, 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 you were, I admit it. You were marking out the minute I, I mentioned what my number two was. Oh, without a doubt. Which is a funny note that you talk about um, Hogan's song not being originally intended for him. If I recall, that song became Randy Orton's song right around the time CM Punk was coming up, and it was actually originally going to be CM Punk's music. Now, if that's the case, I'm very curious because, as I understand it, that didn't make a lot of sense. That wouldn't make a lot of sense to me because, I'll, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Cult of Personality was released on, I think it's 2009, SmackDown vs. Raw, right as Punk was coming in. And Punk was using Cult of Personality over in Ring of Honor. So my, I always got the impression that by sheer dumb luck, Vince happened to get the rights to Cult of Personality for the video game. And then he found out, well, hey, Punk, he's using this music anyway, you know, over in Ring of Honor... And we're not going to try and say he's a completely new guy because everybody knows who he is. He's a darling of the Internet. Let's, we've got the rights to the music. Let's just use the music for him. Because uh, don't forget, I mean, Randy was using this music well before Punk was ever even signed. 
At least I uh, think he was. The f- this fire burns by Killswitch never sounded better as Punk held his WWE Championship over Cena. That's what he used to use. This fire burns. But I remember, I believe there was a... I don't know. I, I, I remember him using Cult of Personality pretty much the entire time he was in the company. I do know for a fact he was using it in Ring of Honor, and I know for a fact it was also on, uh, I think it's SmackDown vs. Raw 2009, or whatever the hell it is. It was either 2009 or 2007, because I, I forget exactly when Punk came in. I think it was about I know, I know he was in 2006's WrestleMania 22. I know that. Yeah. He, was, he was the guy with the, with the friggin' machine gun that came out with, and uh, actually was part of Cena's entrance at WrestleMania 22, but, yeah, that's, that, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I could, I, I might be wrong. I, I have to look into it myself, but I'm pretty sure he always used cult of personality. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. No. Let me correct this. The song, The Fighter Still, the CM Punk, when he was coming up, took the, the Fire Burn theme song. Uh-huh. It was one time. Once it was, it was supposed to be used by Randy Orton, but uh, they gave it to CM Punk because it didn't fit Randy's gimmick at the time. I do apologize. My statement was incorrect. Oh, I oh well, there you go. I knew there was some and story I, and behind that. I don't that. even. I don't. I don't even recognize the song you even mentioned because, like I said, Cult of Personality is the only one I've ever heard him uh, oh, associated you, with. You heard a different song because he used to come out to something before Cult of Personality when he really hit it big and he finally had control is when he took that that thing over. That was more around the pipe bomb when he had that. He got a little bit more freedom and... You could be right. I, I do know he was using Cult of Personality down in Ring of Honor, though. Oh, I know he was. I know he was, yeah. but he wanted to use that, and that was the thing. WWE wouldn't let him. They wouldn't pay the extra money for the foot. and Which was weird, that. because they already had the song... They may not have had it in that rights context, though. But ah. with that said... I'm, I, I think that was a great Mark effect, Mark. Thank you very much. Well, um, there you go. Other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm good this week. The Ace in the Hole has been postponed till next week. Uh, we should be doing an interview this week, and uh, that's with Len Oddity, and then hopefully pushing that out to the web next week. We'll let you know, obviously, for sure, out there in the, the Internet universe. We will be tweeting that. We will be, we'll be blasting on the Facebook everywhere we got, everywhere we have to. We'll be sharing that information. Um, as I also as that, got one other bit of news for you there, Ace. I'm finally yeah. getting my ass a smartphone. Oh, look at you. So that, yeah, I'm, I'm finally getting rid of the track phone and getting a smartphone, and that basically means I'm going to be able to start using Facebook and Twitter a little bit more. I'm gonna, I've, nice. I've already got one account for myself, but I'm going to get another one specifically for the show. Good. And uh, we're going to go from there. You know, I'm going to start. I'm going to, you know, first thing I'm going to do, I'll be following us on, you know, on Twitter. I'll be joining the Facebook fan page. Awesome. You know, and obviously, you know, we'll, we'll be seeing what else is going on there because thank God I got Wi-Fi in the house. Good deal. With that, you know, uh, they know how to reach us at the False Finish on Twitter, uh, the False Finish Podcast at Gmail dot com, Exactly, that's where I was going with it. We have, uh, you know, plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Guys, send us your ideas for uh, what Mark's going to have to do, or give, or show, or what he's going to have to do. Yeah, you're uh, we'll dreaming, you dreaming because this when the year ends and we got all the points tally up. I'm going to be the one who wins, which means you're the one who's going to be forking the prize over to me, pal. <laughs> so, uh, you guys, you know, we look forward to podcasting next week. Same time, same bat, same bat channel. 
You guys know where to oh, find dude, please don't do that. I'm, I'm having warrior flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, I'm not, we'll not good. <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to leave you guys on this note. The, paper, the pay-per-view pick em, I'm down two points. This weekend, we got a bunch of little uh, odd, oddballs. Is John Cena going to kick out and keep, you know, smart marks, uh, Mark the Smart Marks uh, record alive? Is it, or am I going to win with the Kevin Owens going over John Cena? I'm not exactly sure, but I'm sure there's going to be a number hey, of... Hey, don't forget what the other stipulations involved here, Pat. Oh, right. I could still pull out ahead anyway. You could, you could. But, but with that said... During the John Cena-Kevin Owens match, I'm sure there's going to be a number of power bombs. There's going to be a number of attitude adjustments. And I'm sure there's going to be a couple five-knuckle shuffles. Maybe I'm hoping Kevin Owens. I'm hoping Kevin Owens puts those on John Cena. I'm hoping he might hit him with a couple attitude adjustments. We've seen him tweak on that. I'd like to see. I'd love to see Cena pop up some power bombs on Owens. No, you know, I hope not. I hope we don't see any... Uh, any uh, uh, what is that? Uh, trampoline jumping stunners that he does. The... The, the bottom rope, the stunner. Oh, that, oh, the second rope stunner. Yeah, the second rope stunner thing that John Cena does. I, I actually want to say, if he wins, I would love to see him win with that, just because it's like, dude, I beat you with a knockoff of a of a stunner. <laughs> but, but when that match is going on, and John Cena's back is on the mat, as much as I hope. And I pray, and I eat my vitamins and say my prayers like Hogan said back in the 1980s, whenever it was he was saying it on Saturday afternoon when I was watching Super Strikers. It was Strikers. the 80s. And, I, and, and John Cena kicks out. I'm hoping Kevin Owens picks him up again. And as you guys are watching a pay-per-view on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine, where you're at the arena cheering you up shall. Kevin Owens. You and you're popping him up. <laughs> and he, he's popping him up, and John Cena kicks out again. Just remember, at some point, it's not going to be a false finish. And Kevin Owens is going to get that three count. But stick around, because you might just miss a false finish. Yeah, well, let me tell you something, pal. When it comes right down to it, there may be a false finish, but it's going to be a false finish on Kevin Owens, because he's going to think he's won when he hasn't. And that's going to be the falsest finish of them all. Good night out there. Whatever you are. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.